it would be like having a NASCAR race with four NASCARs and the rest of the cars on the track are a bunch of fucking drunken rednecks in Volkswagen bugs. In your face flashing, oh my god, colors, hot pink. You ever do the twist where you're just like, you're so angry afterwards and you don't have any controller, you just sort of twist the controller and you feel the screws come out? And Mike Dupatrillo. Listeners are inside my mouth. All right, screw it. Let's get this thing started. <laughs> right. Welcome to episode zero of the After the Fact podcast. I'm your host, Luke Matthews, and with me today are Patrick Manning. Hello. Mike DiPetrello. You. And Christina Peck. Hey, how's it going? Uh, how you doing, guys? Uh, I'm doing all right. Shiny. Yes. Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, quick note, we're, we're doing the, calling this episode zero mostly because... Uh, it's going to be a lot of intro stuff. We're going to introduce ourselves, talk about how we got into gaming, that sort of thing. And I kind of figured that we'll call it episode zero because if people don't want to listen to the, all that bullshit, they can they can move on to episode one. I'm not sure what game we're going to do on episode one, but at that point, what does it matter? Um, structure of the podcast is going to be about classic games. Uh, we're going to play a game for a couple of weeks, pick, pick one game, play it for a couple of weeks, uh, get as deep into it as we can, and then we're going to talk about it on the show. Um, all of us, to some degree, have been around gaming ever since we were very, very little and back in the, the Super NES or NES days. And uh, so we're, you know, we've all got different takes on, on the games that we liked when we were kids. Um, so that being said, let's back up, go around the room and talk to everybody and find out how you got into gaming. Let's start with Pat. Hi. Uh, well, I got into gaming when I was like three or like three years old. Uh, we uh, owned an, uh, an NES. Uh, usually, I just borrow games. We had this crazy uh, uh, game trading between all my friends and stuff. Like, cause, you know, we couldn't afford to go out and buy every single game, so we made sure that everybody else got different games. So we would we had this crazy economy going on where <laughs> we'd just be like, "Oh, I've got this, and you've got that. Let's trade." And then, you know, um, after that, uh, took a little break from gaming and then got back into it. Uh, 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 bought an Xbox, started playing Xbox a whole bunch. Uh, just started playing all all kinds of like old games and stuff. Uh, uh, was unemployed for a year, and pretty much all I did was sit around and play uh, every game imaginable. Uh, was really big into Sega, owned a Genesis. Um, really liked uh, Saturn games. Spent a whole summer playing every single Saturn game there there was available, you know. Um, and uh, I don't know, just been into it ever since. And Mike? Um, I got into gaming, let's see, my family had an Atari 2600, uh, we had Pac-Man that didn't work, and we had uh, Dig Dug, and so my first experience yes. was Dig Dug, yes. which is pretty awesome. Uh, when I, I, I really got into gaming when I was in the first grade, uh, my friend had a Game Boy, and I remember playing uh, Super Mario Brothers on the original Game Boy. Super Mario Land, mm-hmm. which I still think is one of the best. With that, that mini, was a damn good game. With the mini Mario, it just oh, yeah. felt right. The is that the one with the rabbit head? No, 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 no. no. That's Land was the original brick Game Boy one that was like just <clears throat> your, your little tiny Mario. You know, your, your, the whole Mario uh, sprite is like seven pixels. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's he's tiny. Um, and I remember playing Castlevania uh, at school uh, for, like, first and second grade. Uh, I begged my family 
in every way possible for an NES, and I finally got it when I was like eight. You got to play uh, NES at school? No, no. What? We played Game Boy at school. Oh, okay. <clears throat> we got trouble. We get in trouble frequently for it. Yeah. I was about to say your school was way cooler than mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I almost got my friend's Game Boy taken away, and that was that was a big big deal. Uh, when I got a Game Boy, uh, I used to bring it everywhere with me at school, and it would be like in my pocket and it would be like this huge that's a big pocket uh, yeah it didn't really fit my pocket you know so it was like crammed in there and it was like this well, that huge was the style. that was the style back in the day it was just, you had huge pants and huge pockets and stuff like that yeah yeah but I don't, I don't actually see you doing that whole baggy pants with huge no I was just an awkward kid okay there you go <laughs> and Christina uh, I've pretty much been playing games for as far back as I can remember. Started playing originally on an Atari ST computer. And, uh, hey. Sorry. What was that? <laughs> yes. It was awesome. And uh, I didn't really have my own consoles at home. Uh, so I was that annoying neighbor kid that pretty much everybody had that went over to everybody else's house. And everybody would be like, let's go outside and play. And I'm like, oh, what is that? What is that in there? Do you have Karnoff? Oh, let's play. Oh, let's go. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did have a little bit at my own house in the form of handhelds. I had a Game Boy, and then uh, because my family was clearly an Atari family, I had an Atari Lynx, which nice. was also awesome. It really when, work, works out the uh, the uh, arm muscles because the, the thing weighed like 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> was it so bad? It was no worse than a Game Gear. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, it was awesome. That's really not saying much, though. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. Huge. <laughs> it was great. Uh, so I didn't actually have my own console at home until about the PlayStation and the N64. And once once I let that into my house, it was over. It was over. And then you, I have now, at the point I am where I am now, I have pretty much every console that was released in the U.S. Yeah, you're you're by far the most ridiculous game collector I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, I can't help it. Yeah. Well, I, just, I've seen your house, and the, the just, just looking at the shelf that has the unlicensed Nintendo carts and all of those random old, you know, crap that, that I had. Until I met you, some of that shit I didn't even know existed. Yeah, but what, what if I want to play it, right? I mean, I've got to have it all. <laughs> what if somebody mentions the game and, you know... And, it's, and I don't have immediate access to it. Oh, my God. If it's not readily available, I'm going to have to find it immediately. <laughs> well, why don't you tell them about, uh, like, how you uh, decided to actually play F-Zero this time around <laughs> oh <laughs> so we uh we, we say we we're gonna do f-zero for this and um so i knew i had it so i was like oh that's no problem but i went home and actually looked for it and then found out my only copy was sealed and i can't open that so i had to search all around the area trying to find a used game store that has f-zero <laughs> so that i could have a playable copy where did you end up actually finding it i found it at a place called another castle oh okay it's actually pretty decent prices on it too because, nice. you know, I wasn't going to spend a ton of money on a sure. game that I already own sealed. But I, I couldn't open it. I couldn't open it. Was, I, I couldn't find oh, clearly. One. I mean, yeah, you must be insane to open something that's over 10 years old. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, my gaming history starts with the Commodore VIC-20. Uh, that was I, I know I chuckled at your Atari ST, but a Commodore VIC-20 ain't much different. Yeah, that's right. Um, Make fun of me. My my mom was into computers like all her life, and and she got a she got a Commodore VIC-20, and then my dad, you know, I tried to play what was it? Gorf. Gorf was probably my uh, my game, but my dad would constantly take it over. This was 
in the early 80s you know and my dad would take it over to play radar rat race which was basically just rally x except you were a mouse running away from cats instead of a race car running away from evil race cars um and i went through the whole commodore progression i had a Commodore. we had a commodore 64 we had a commodore 128 uh when we got to the 64 we would my mom would get like commodore magazine and there would be just pages of code in there and she would copy the code into a basic editor on Commodore and make games and uh, that was the first experience we had with like getting games off of like a bulletin board that kind of stuff I had a metric fuck ton of games for that Commodore like 1500 plus games Um, and then uh, the first console I owned myself was a Game Boy Brick Um, well maybe it was the Turbo Graphics I'm trying to remember it was, they were both right around the same same time because I, I made the mistake once of asking for a, an NES uh, well after it had been out, like 88 or so, and then at some point realizing that I wanted, between the time that I said I wanted it, um, after the time that my parents had bought it for me for Christmas and then hid it, I said... God, I hope my parents didn't get me an NES because I really wanted the Turbo Graphics. So uh, my parents told me that story years later about how they had an NES sitting in a box in a closet waiting for Christmas. Right when I said, "Ah, oh, I don't want an NES anymore," you ungrateful kid. I seriously right. Um, so you know, I got the Turbo. Gra- I eventually got an NES and a Turbo Graphics, and I played those. Um, I never actually owned a Super NES of my own until long after the PlayStation One came out. Um, my and my only experiences with the Super NES back when it was out was playing either at friends' places or the thing that never happens anymore, uh, renting it from a from a video store. The uh, first console I actually paid my own money for was a was a PlayStation One. Anyway, I remember when uh, PlayStation and uh, Saturn were sort of competing and stuff like that, and they were about the same price. But I remember I went into the game store and it was like, okay. I've got like $150 in my hand. I'm like, you know, I don't I don't know, like 14 or something like that. And like it was like, okay, what does PlayStation come with? It comes with Tekken. I hate Tekken. I like Virtual Fighter. <laughs> and I look over, they have the Saturn and it comes with Virtual Fighter 2, uh Virtual Cop and Daytona USA. And I was like, and it was $10 less. And I was like, "Oh, sweet. This is the one that's going to have all the games on it." I was sorely mistaken because <laughs> uh, I kept waiting for all, like all these good PlayStation games to come to Saturn, and it, it just never happened. But Saturn had its own like uh, charm to it, I guess. There's sure. a there's a lot of really good games that nobody really played a whole lot. But. Well, that's okay. When I went and bought my PlayStation One, uh, I was working at a TV station, and I got off like really late. I got off at 10.30 at night, and the only place that was, was still open was a Fred Meyer, which was open until 11. So I found a Freddy's. I went and bought a, found a PlayStation. cost me 300 bucks. Got all excited. I got home. Got home around 11.15. I hooked it up. I pulled everything out of the box. There was no fucking game in the box. And I didn't know that ahead of time. I was used to all the con- Nintendo consoles previously. The last one, you know, the Super NES always had a Mario game with it, and even Genesis came with Sonic. And I got home, and what did I get? I got a demo disc, and the only thing worth playing on the demo disc was the... Uh, what the fuck game was it? ESPN Extreme Games? Uh, Extreme? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't 2, because it was a PS1, like, right at the beginning. It was just ESPN oh. Extreme Games. So it was basically Road Rash on a street luge and it was awful and then the rest of it was it was demo it was like 
videos and shit. I'm like, so I spent the entire, like, the first night I got the, my beautiful PlayStation 1 all hooked up to my TV and I couldn't do shit with it except Street Luge down the same hill 55 times. <laughs> yeah. The game that really got me into the PlayStation, I remember I went into a store and I saw Tomb Raider. And I was like, look at this. This is incredible. It can't get any better. It can't. Just Look at her tits. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have that problem, but you know. You know what's weird? It's is, not a problem. You know what's weird is I uh, I got Tomb Raider for the Saturn, you know, and it came in that huge uh, plastic case, which I hated because I'd always end up like, you know, leaving the stuff around and then I'd step on it and like a piece of plastic would get stuck in my foot. Anyway, so, <laughs> but uh, Tomb Raider was one of the first games that had like cinematic sequences every so often mm-hmm. and had like a Zelda-like feel. And my mom actually watched me play all the way through it. And I don't know if it was because she was generally interested in it or wanted to see if it had, like, nudity in it wanted to, like, pull, you know, pull it from my system or, like, I don't know what, but, like, something about that game, like, was just, I don't know, it was fun. There was, like, hardly any combat on it. I don't know. I was on the opposite end of the spectrum with that game. I never played it. Like, really? I, I mean, I've played it since, clearly, but back when the Tomb Raider franchise was actually popular, I never never touched it. It was just not interesting to me at all. Like, when I had my PS1, the, the games that I was playing the most were, um, like, I beat the crap out of Rayman mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It'll it'll uh, make you appreciate, like, go out, if you go and play it nowadays, it'll make you appreciate 3D platformers. Oh. Nowadays, because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, making some of those jumps were uh, near impossible. We had to, you know, figure out the muddy platform from the muddy background, and yeah. sometimes yeah. it was just... You can only know where it was by bouncing off of it and falling to your death. Yeah. The camera was awful. Yeah, you'd have to like back up. You know, like get a, get yourself a head start. You're like, okay, and you have to like time it exactly right. Otherwise, you weren't gonna make it and just fall to your death. So, so all that being said, I know that uh, we kind of made the decision when we were talking about doing the podcast about um, not not coming as far forward as the PlayStation 1 when we were going to do the games that we're talking about. So the vast majority of the stuff that we're going to work on is 16-bit era and before. Back in those days, were you guys Nintendo guys or Sega? Uh, Sega, all the way. Nintendo, all the way. Yeah, it was pretty much whatever my neighbors had. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up kind of being a... I mean, I, I had a lot of Sega stuff, but I liked my Nintendo better. Um so, I, I mean, eventually I ended up having the full, like, Sega stack, right? The Sega Genesis with the 32X underneath, or the 32X plugged into the top and the Sega CD on the bottom. The mothership. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, with power adapters for each. Yeah. Oh, oh God, it was absurd. It was, <laughs> it was, it up was so ridiculous. I'm surprised none of those things actually caught fire. Cause uh, like <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a thing that you put on the bottom that cooled it down? So you, you could make it even taller? I think you could have, but I didn't. It was like a third-party thing, and I never had it. Um, it was it was a little ridiculous, and especially the 32X, because there was never anything really decent released for it. You know, there was Star Wars. Okay, that was that was a little fun. Oh, you but didn't like Super Shark? No, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but it had live actors in it. It was awesome. Oh, that, that made games so much better at the time, <laughs> right? Because then we ended up with Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I I was a I was kind of a Nintendo guy because um, when I was a kid, I know one of the things that I did like Star Fox was one of my favorite games uh, growing up, and I actually was in the they had regional Star Fox competitions where they had a Star Fox competition cart that was it was 
short, shortened versions of the first three levels of the game. Well, the first two levels of the game is what I should say. And then there was a third level that was a space level where all you were doing is flying through rings to try and collect points. And the way that it worked was you would get points for everything you killed in the first two levels. And then on the third level, the 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 entire thing had a five minute timer so by the time you got to the third level you basically had however much time you had left after beating the first two to fly through rings and try and get points and I actually would have won the regional competition but I lost by 50 points I lost by one ring so uh, do you want to talk about F-Zero now? sure All right. Uh, for the last well, three days, because this kind of all came together pretty quickly. We've been playing uh, the original F-Zero uh, on the Super NES. Um, this, game, this game introduced me to racing games when I was a kid. Uh, this I played it on a rented console uh, because I didn't have a Super NES and my parents didn't have the money. Uh, so... Actually, I, they rented the console, and they had it. The console rental came with Super Net, Super Mario Bro, or Super Mario World, and uh, I had F Zero and Pilot Wings. Um, and even as a kid, I finished Pilot Wings in about an hour and went, "That's it." I loved it, but god damn, that game was short. It was just a Mode Seven tech demo, basically, and which is kind of what F Zero is, but um, better, but much better. Yeah, there's more depth to it. So what do you guys? How, how have you guys felt playing this game over the last couple of days? Uh, well, humbled, really. <laughs> like, but I can appreciate like when it actually came out. It was like one of the first racing games to actually have depth because before that, like you had like Rad Racer, which wasn't didn't really have mm-hmm. a whole lot of depth to it, and then um, you know RC Pro Am and stuff like that. So when you when they got to this point, it was like, oh, now you're actually playing around in 3D, sort of. And you know you could see the track, you could see the cars coming at you, and and whatnot. And it wasn't just like a s- static screen or like super off road or anything like that. But uh, yeah, man, this game wasn't easy. Like there was a uh, you. Uh, it was basically unlike any other racing game because it wasn't so much you needed to get to first place every lap. It was that if you didn't make it here, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're not so much fighting the other racers you're actually fighting the track most of the time absolutely you know so mike i still like the game a lot (laughs) you you say that as though it's a qualification for something um (laughs) i remember playing it very early on Uh, before i had a super nintendo there was the nintendo store in bellevue um and it was just kind of a flagship for making nintendo look really cool and they had uh, they had F Zero there, and I remember playing there for the first time. Um, and shortly after I got a Super Nintendo, I had that game. Um, I didn't get the other games. I went straight to F Zero, and I played the crap out of it. And uh, I still remember, for example, uh, in the King the King League on uh, Mute City Three, the I remember exactly how to get through the minefield. That, mm-hmm. that was my chosen path. Like, yep, I know exactly how to get through that. I re- remembered a lot of things. Um, and there are some things that I don't remember. That I, I, One of them was I never actually played Beyond Beginner. And 
that was because it was really hard and yeah. it's still really hard that, that's actually a good place to back up and we'll start with Christina like wh- how did you play it originally did you did you own a Super NES did you you know like me like I said I rented a Super NES and I, I had it stuck in the back of uh, back of my room for a week and was able to play it how did you play it originally I actually don't remember uh, because I was at the mercy of what people around me had I don't think they ever actually had F-Zero so I played it way late okay. and as a result I don't have nearly as strong a nostalgia as everybody else uh-huh. And that game is hard and makes me angry, <laughs> and I am absolutely terrible at it. So, I mean, the game itself is really good, and I can see how good it is, especially for the time, but I went through the first two races absolutely fine. I was Mute City, Big Blue, fine. I hit the sand level and died seven times in a row <laughs> and just got really mad. <laughs> And, you know, while I can, you know, go through the anger and see how good it was, it's really hard to look past that at this point. Uh, I'm still too close. Yeah, I'll tell you, I um, I rediscovered the terror of accidentally flying off the track on a <laughs> jump. Man, going through that game, I was doing fine through all of them until you get to Port Town, right? And there's that one, the first jump, the very first jump in Port Town where there's a giant, like, there's a sand pit and then there's a jump off to the right-hand side and you have to hit that jump. Are you talking about Port Town 1 or 2? Uh, 1, actually. One? Okay. And, um... Well, the, for this time, for this particular discussion, was because I was, I was driving along, and I remembered that you could pull back to extend your jumps or you know soften your landings. And the problem was that I pulled back and then did what every hope I hope every single other person does, and it's not just me. Accidentally tapped right while I was pulling back and went off to the right hand side of the. I track. did that on the first lap, like replaying it again. I was just like, <laughs> "Hey, how oh, sweet a jump! Yeah." Oh. <laughs> And and it's so funny because like you mentioned pulling back, I didn't know you could do that until like way later. Like we'd get to uh, White Land two, and I thought it was impossible. I was like, <laughs> you have to go at max speed going around a ninety degree turn, that, yeah, and then hit it. And I was like, the only way you could get through this is if you if you boosted, and in that you can only do that on the second lap. And right. so like so the first lap you're you're just fucked. You, yeah, you'd be explode like three times. That's why the fire stingray is the best because you can take that turn at full speed. Uh, Falcon, sir, blue Falcon, uh, still. Come on. <laughs> I like the Falcon the best. Like it's the prettiest car, and it's the coolest. It looks like a barcode from. A, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One. Uh, it doesn't look like a like a Roomba, like we were saying the green car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The 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 thing uh, I noticed that the uh, the the ra- the other drivers do these weird jukes when they're doing a uh, a jump. So they'll like fly off the screen and then they'll come back. And particularly Captain Falcon pretty much just raped me constantly on jumps because if you were one of the the cars with the lower acceleration, you would hit the jump at exactly the same time and you do that juke and you would just go flying off and you'd be like, ah, see ya. You know, I'm a computer. Uh, I stay on the track all the time and you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me pretty much constantly. There was I had less of a problem with the other. I mean, I occasionally had a problem with the other drivers, especially when you switch to standard from beginner, because like beginner is everything, you know, everything's I think beginner should be standard, honestly, in that game, because when you hit standard, everything just gets retarded. Um, and, And one of the things that gets retarded is the fact that the rubber banding gets really bad and the guy, the other cars, the other four cars are always like right around you at all times. Um, if you even so much as think of slowing down, you're getting rammed from behind by one of the other guys or knocked off the track. Um, but I had less of a problem with the, with the four main cars than I did with the the 
fucking drones. Like, yeah. they're I call them drones. They're not technically like if you if you think you know look at the game, they're technically not drones. They're supposed to Red be shirts. other racers, but they're all ret- they're all in the same car and they're all retarded. It's like it would be like having a NASCAR race with four NASCARs and the rest of the cars on the track are a bunch of fucking drunken rednecks in Volkswagen bugs. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I, I thought those were actually commuters and they were actually <laughs> in a dystopian future. They were actually just. Like street racing, they have to go around time. in a circle forever. That's a- like going to work. Right, anything except you know you. And it's always it's always the game. The game always throws the exploding ones at you when you're really low on power. You hit a wall a few times, and then you get on a long straight stretch of track, and you see a drone coming up, and you can see him flashing, and you're like, oh fuck, oh. Oh, what's what's a drone gonna do? Oh my god! And you try, you know, you you're juking, trying to get around him, and trying to get around a corner at the same time. Oh, and it's then gonna he, hit you. Yep. And then he hits. And then he like you start to pass, and it just jumps into you, explodes, throws you into the wall, and then you blow up. I know. Yep. I, I always I was always pissed because I was like, in the other F Zero games, you actually get bonuses for blowing up other cars. This one you don't. I was like. Well, I would actually make a point to run into these things. I was like, yeah, fuck you. And they're like, <laughs> well, there was an entire game mode that was based around that in F Zero. Yeah, wasn't yeah. There, like, just you were just tr- going around the track trying to b- cause all the other drivers to explode. Yeah. And then uh, in this one, it was just kind of well, uh, it's just there to, you know, fuck you up. Screw you like, over. Yeah. <laughs> the the worst one I with the 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 uh, the flasher cars, the exploding cars, is on uh, Firefield. And yeah, uh, Firefield can eat they, a cock. They Thanks. would throw the double flasher at you, the side by side one. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's the you know the game's way of just giving you a huge middle finger, like yeah, fuck you. Well, not to mention it's got you're like, dead. It's got 180 degree U turn, little tight U turns, and then they throw those in there in the in the same time. So you're either hitting the wall or you're hitting an exploding car. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can't really add too much because I spent most of the time not, you know, I didn't need any help. Dying on Sand Ocean? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I was into the wall what, most of it. So. What, what about Sand Ocean was so hard for you? Because, I mean, like, Sand Ocean was definitely hard the first time through, but I'm once, like, I went back to it and played it again. You know, I played through King and Queen League, and once you get through those, like, Sand Ocean seems pretty tame comparatively. Yeah, I kept taking the turns wrong, and then I'd hit the wall, and then, I mean, I guess I can, you know, they would bring in the other racers who would then pinball pinball me from uh, <laughs> edge of the track to edge of the track until I would eventually just explode, and I would be pointing at the edge right as somebody would, like, knock me again and, you know, turn me around, and then, bam, it was over. I was dead. Mm-hmm. What car were you playing? Uh, I tried them all, actually, oh. and I sucked equally with each one of them. <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> It was an equal opportunity kind of thing. I mean, nobody was better, <laughs> better for me than anybody else. That's that's interesting. Like I, I, I pretty steadfastly stuck with Blue Falcon the entire time. Like I, I, you know, I messed around with the other ones a little bit, but I just, it's kind of strange because I understand that the cars have different control mechanics. You know, the some of them are going to corner better, some of them are going to be faster. Um, <clears throat> but every time I picked one up, it didn't. <laughs> I got so used to Blue Falcon that when I started playing with the other cars, it felt less like they were changing the control mechanics and more like, well, this, this control sucks, you know, and then I'd back out and go back to Blue Falcon because <laughs> I was used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game had just, it, it was basically, like you said, a tech demo. So there was only four cars. There's only, what, 12 or 15 tracks, I think. 15 tracks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was kind of a, you know, like a short run. Um, but... Uh, still, like the reason they, 
the reason they made it so hard is because it is so short. You know, they they had to make this really difficult, so you'd want to play it over and over and over again. And then I think eventually, if you beat expert, you get um, Joker Cup, and it just throws in right. It just throws in like random tracks, and I just didn't have enough patience to get to that point. I don't think I could ever beat this game on expert. I don't, I don't think I ever have beat this game on yeah. expert, and I don't think I ever will. I've seen I, it done once, but. Uh, after two days of trying, I only just this morning was able to beat freaking Firefield on beginner. Yeah. Um, and even then I took second because I could not I could not stay in first place to save my life. Yeah. Um, you have to take that pit every single time, like right before the... Uh, like it's off to yeah. the side. Yeah. Yeah, Silence was another one that, that ha- it throws a little monkey, rin- monkey blah, 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 in there where you get to that certain part of the track and it... it goes in a Y and if you take the left Y it's technically a shortcut except for the fact that it's littered with mines it's a trap yeah and then when you get around the corner you miss the jump over the sand pit so you end up slowing down really bad and everybody passes you yeah yeah I've encountered that one the hard way that track Um, was really hard playing uh, the Blue Falcon Uh, I found that he silence was yeah Uh, uh, the fire stingray the, the pink one can take that and hit 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 it all the time. That car's cheating. I know you guys don't believe me, but uh see I I rem- started remembering some of the strategies from when I was a kid. Like, for example, the accelerator tap, right? You you don't necessarily need to use the L and R buttons to tilt, you know, through a corner because um you may if you start to slip at all or drift, you can com- you can instantly regain your grip just by letting go of the accelerator and popping it one more time. So mm-hmm. when you get into the really tight corners, you j- I'll just sit there and, and fast tap the accelerator, and you can steer right through all the stuff in silence without a problem. Even even with Captain Falcon, yeah. So um, I, I actually, oddly enough, when I played the game as a kid, I never knew about the ability to do that. I only found out about that and. Like learned how to do it playing uh, F Zero. What was the What was the first one on the Game Boy? Uh, the, the GBA maximum one. something or other. Maximum something. Yeah, I that's where I learned how to do that that accelerator tap, and then I went back to F Zero after that and went, Oh my god, this is so much easier. You know what's funny? We were using the, the character names for the 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 vehicles and the funny thing is i went into the game thinking that each of these characters was in the game so you have the wild goose which is driven by pico you have the golden fox which is driven by dr stewart uh a whole bunch of shit yeah fire stinger samurai girl and i i was like these have to be in the game, but they weren't. They were only in the Nintendo Power comics, and in the later yeah. games, they, they have they have characters to them. But in the original F Zero, they're just the the vehicles, and well, that's kind of the characters. See their head bobbing around in there. Yeah, does anybody? Can you? Oh, yeah. at the very end. Yeah, no, I guess. no. I mean, like while you're driving, you can actually see like oh, really? inside the cockpit. Yeah. A what? Like a pixel? Yeah, going like back eight, and forth. Like eight <laughs> pixels going. <laughs> I didn't you know, see that. I'm juking back and is forth. Is it? Is that information anywhere in maybe the old uh, the, instruction, the manual. instruction manual for the game? Mm-hmm. Like it's possible. Christina would be best apt to answer this, except for the fact that she doesn't have an instruction manual that isn't sealed in a box. Exactly. Exactly. Sure I don't think I have an extra one somewhere. Oh, I'm so, sure. Yeah, I. It would be interesting to try and figure out. I know that um, there was a lot of stuff in this game that. Even back in the day, I remember being uh, being a big deal at the time. Um, the Mode Seven stuff, you know, it was clearly the fastest racing game I'd ever played in my entire life. Um, 
And it was the first one that I remember playing. Now, I know there were others, but it was the first one for me that I played a racing game that had defined opponents. You know, all the driving games that I'd played up until that point were things like Pole Position and uh, what was it called? Road Blasters? Yeah, Road Blasters. <laughs> yeah. uh, where it wasn't a defined opponent. Even Hang On wasn't really a f- defined opponent. It was just you were driving, you were trying to get to checkpoints, and you, you had a certain amount of time, and you were trying to get to a checkpoint, and... Uh, couldn't in uh, Road Blasters you couldn't you like launch a nuke into the uh, yes yeah it was that was off that was like the best weapon you know you could have yeah. you had like a gun you had missiles you had uh, and an ICBM uh, yeah <laughs> and then an, a, a nuke you launch it into the background and giant nuclear explosion in the in the uh, over the horizon and I then every car, car on the track would get destroyed <laughs> yeah but yeah I, this was the first one that I remember being an actual racing game not a drive I mean. Of course, you've got what fucking super sprint, which doesn't really count. Um, I still think it's pretty fast. Yeah, even it now seems it's really fast. fast. I mean, well, and that's the thing that I, I was kind of shocked at how how much it held my interest. Even as frustrating as it was sometimes, it held my interest. Now playing it again, you know, definitely. Um, even over because I'm a I, that's the only kind of racing game that I actually like is arcade style. Like I can't stand Sims. I don't like Gran Turismo. I don't like um, Forza and those kind of games. Uh, if I'm going to play a racing game, it's going to be an arcade style with some kind of weirdness to it, like Burnout. Um, I love the Burnout series. I love Pure. Pure was a lot of fun. Um, so this is right up my alley. I like I like most of the uh, uh, Wipeout games. Twisted Metal. Does that count? Uh, it's, that's that's a driving <laughs> game, not a racing game. But okay. yeah, it's it's the twisted metal games are pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, it it held my interest shockingly well. I've I've had a lot of fun over over the last couple of days. I know Christina's you know shaking her head over there because she disagrees. She, she's like, fuck this game. I mean, it's good. It's a good game, but. Like I said, I, I just I don't have the nostalgia for it, and so I just mainly have angry feelings right now. <laughs> angry so, feelings. I just, but you know, I mean, to me, it is with the anger that I have. It would have been better if I could have destroyed everything else on the track. So I would like to visit, you know, ultimate destruction on all of my opponents. Yeah. And uh, if we could just bring that into F Zero, you know, a little more. That's that's wipeout. Yeah. You, you need to play wipeout. Oh, I played wipeout. <laughs> yeah. Or F Zero X, where there there is just the shove people off the side of the road mode yeah yeah Yeah. see that that's more what i want yeah. i want i want to you know just take everybody else out and then i'll win by default that would be a lot of fun if f0x didn't suck so bad yeah like i i'm i'm to to bring it into the modern i haven't liked a single one of the 3d f0 games that has come since f0 i like gx solely because you, you could see the uh, nintendo logo and the sega logo on the same screen <laughs> for the first time ever, and mm, I think oh, it's fair the only time that's ever happened, actually. Yeah, so. I um, I don't know. I I just the the sequels never really captured the same feel. They they tried, but um, I know that one of the things that they with F Zero X, especially because of the limitations on the N sixty four, like yeah, you could have thirty cars on the track at the same time, but it was ugly. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, twenty-five polygon cars and no textures on the tracks, and it was just, it, the game was ugly. And I, I always thought back in the Super NES days, I thought that F Zero was really pretty for a sixteen-bit game. You know, it, it the bright colors and the really cool designs and it was the really busy. It like was the background yeah. was just 
like all of this pulsing gyrating gear nonsense. I was like, how is that a city? Yeah. It just looks like a circuit board. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Mics are like, yes. Yeah. It was so neon. It just looked so, so much of the early 90s, 80s style. Mm-hmm. Just the, the in-your-face flashing, oh my god, colors, yep. hot pink. Yeah. And spectacular music. The game, the music in this game is so good. Still good. Uh, it's still good, even now. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of songs that... Um, you know they're just kind of background noise but man you get like the mute city theme and the and big blue uh two of the probably two of the coolest video game pieces of video game music ever made well those are i mean even if you haven't played the games those two songs are iconic like mm-hmm. they they just symbolize the entire time of gaming at that point for me even yeah. like i said i mean i didn't play it till much much later but i knew those songs i'm not entirely sure how i knew those songs but i knew them because every single person that played the game walked around whistling the Mute City theme. Oh, it's entirely possible. All the time. I actually spent a little time trying to learn that uh, on guitar. Yeah. The, just that little intro part. And yeah, it's it's still uh, still fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- the other thing, like, so I don't know how you guys were playing it this time around. I know that it's a, it's a humongous departure from how I was playing it as a kid. Because I played it as a kid on a, a rented Super NES on a 13-inch TV. Um and now, uh, going back to it, I'm playing it. I'm playing the virtual console version of the game on a Wii, plugged into a 50-inch plasma that's six feet away from my face. And that, I think that adds something to the game a lot because it's. I was for the first time in a long time with a video game. I was I was doing the controller lean, right? I, every time I went around a corner, I my that. yeah, my head would lean, the controller would tip, and I haven't done that with a game in a long time. But when when you're staring at something the size of a freaking movie screen, playing this game, how did you guys like? What kind of systems were you guys playing them on? Uh, I did the same thing, but I was using a WaveBird. Um, uh, I was playing it on uh, the Virtual Console version of it, and then I my 42 inch TV and. Uh, it's weird because you can like see the 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 detail in your turns each time. You're like, okay, I need to make this corner exactly right, and you can actually see your mistake, <laughs> like when you don't quite make it, and you're just like, oh man. Uh, plus, it was you know, I don't know. Uh, it was it was more fun using a, um, a GameCube controller because like every time you like would lean or you know uh, hit the drift button or whatever whatever it is, you could actually hear the clicking of of each shoulder button. And so I don't know. It just uh, uh, felt more fun that way. Uh, hmm. And plus, I like the GameCube controller. It's like it's a bigger controller, you know. Uh, yeah, I was like, using a classic controller. I uh, I don't I didn't really like it for this game. You know, it was it's just um, like the shoulder buttons kind of like cramp your hands if you use it too many times. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I didn't mind it so much. I just I've never liked Nintendo's like slide click on the shoulder buttons for any of their controllers. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what. You know, if I was using a GameCube controller, I'd end up with the same problem. Yeah. But um, the other problem that I would, ha- I think, I'd have with the GameCube, I didn't try it, is is the that a GameCube controller, the control pad on a GameCube controller is terrible. It's it's so tiny, um, and I like the one on the classic controller a lot better, especially for a game like this. But what about you guys? I played it on the original Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I. I dug it out of my folks home and I took it to my house and hooked it up to my terrible TV um, which was much like the TV I probably played it on at the (laughs) time. Actually the TV that I originally had when I put my Super Nintendo at home was this awful abomination of a TV that would flicker anytime anything bright would come on the screen (laughs) so 
F-Zero, Bright Things. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not photosensitive in any way. Uh, <laughs> probably would have died playing the game. Plug F-Zero into that TV and you've got cathode rays penetrating your brain. E- yeah, the TV was <laughs> awful. Uh, so uh, it was a considerable upgrade playing it. Uh, I noticed that uh, just playing it for f- a few minutes with the classic controller, uh, the original Super Nintendo controller is much less sensitive. Um, and actu- actually, that's okay for the game because it's pretty sensitive. Yeah. Um, depending on the the uh, the vehicle you use, you can ten- it, it it's really sensitive, especially like the Golden Fox. Uh, you can oversteer. And mm-hmm. that's that's even more evident on uh, the classic controller. So that that was my experience. What about you? I went and uh, tracked down a copy of the game, like I mentioned right. earlier. And I was playing on a Super Nintendo on a 30-inch um, CRT because that's the only way I can play any of my classic games. Is it the behemoth widescreen that oh, you've got? absolutely. Oh. can, like, crush just anyone who holds it could fall to the ground. And I carried that TV once, and I'm pretty sure I've got back problems for it from it. It's entirely so. possible. But, you know, I mean, it's HD, so, you know. <laughs> An HD it's, CRT. This thing is impressive. It is. It's, it's a 30-inch widescreen. So, uh, you know, you can pretend that you're in the future, but you're you're not really. You're just... <laughs> you're a little too frightened to go to the LCD plasma. So I it's right there on the cusp. <laughs> I can imagine it weighs, like, 300 pounds. Somewhere. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a lot. It's like a couch. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so you were playing it on it. I think we can pretty much assume... Throughout all of our future podcasts, that you're probably going to be the one that's playing most of the vast majority of these games on its original platform, if at all you know? possible. Yeah, because I I've seen your house and I know that I don't think there's any you're missing. So I mean, there there's some, there are a few, right? That we're going to be dealing with. I don't think we're well, really going to go into Wonder Swan games. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> that'd be awesome though. I don't think I've ever played a Wonder Swan. I've I never, I've never even seen one in person. Yeah, so uh, I think that's probably the only system I I actually haven't like seen or or yeah i mean i've seen a couple of screenshots of the games that were on that thing but that's about it i think it'll be interesting once we get into games some other games in the future because i know you have some arcade cabinets in your house as well and maybe run across some like original like if we do the metal slug games i know you've got a neo geo cabinet with a metal slug and metal slug 2 yep you know that would be interesting to compare uh, Metal Slug on a compilation, Metal Slug on VC, Metal Slug on an original cabinet, Metal Slug. Do you have a Neo Geo home system? An AES? No, I don't. No. Okay. No, I just have the MVS. I mean, I have you know, I have certain games for it, but you know, a lot of times we could. I have the Neo Geo Pocket. You could actually compare Metal Slug style games for the Neo Geo as well. I had a Pocket Color for it's a while. Awesome. That game is that system is awesome. I'm still holding on to the fact that I could get you guys on the links. I mean, I've got three of them. I'll spread them around. <laughs> oh, sweet. Wow. So uh, before we move on to other discussions of, of generalities, how first off, did you guys have any particular nostalgia for for F Zero as a um, you know Super NES game? Um, two, did it hold up to your nostalgia? Did you know? Did the were the memories as good as the actual play? And three, uh, is this a game that you think you you know had we not gotten together for the podcast, is this a game that you you would play? regularly now and does it hold up in you know in the current lexicon of games uh well i remember uh, since i was like a big into sega like that was probably one of the only games i actually wanted to play on super nintendo that and mario world just because Mario world is still i think my favorite mario game um and um 
I don't know. Um, I think it does kind of hold up, but I don't see myself playing it a whole lot because there's there's other racing games that come out. You know, like I still like the Burnout series and stuff like that. Um, um, that and I'm I'm not huge into racing games altogether. You know, like I'm still um, I'm just playing like action games. There's a bunch of RPGs that are coming out, like Mass Effect 2, uh, <laughs> very soon. Uh, no, next week, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I still think it holds up. I'd like to see more of those games, uh, but um, I'm not sure if we will see any of those. It seems like that the whole franchise has been kind of abandoned yeah. at the moment. So uh, I think it stands up to the test of time in my mind. Uh, I miss brutally hard games. Uh, that is part of my nostalgia. Being raised in an era where games were incredibly unforgiving, like Supergirls and Ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, Super R-Type, these games were the kind of games that made you want to bite your controller and or throw it. I, I actually, I think I, I did do that. Yeah, I have a bite mark <laughs> on one of my controllers, I think, from when I was a kid. Or you ever do the twist where you're just like, you're so angry afterwards, you don't have any controller, and you just sort of twist the controller, and you can feel yeah. the screws come out? I yeah. sometimes yeah. do that now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel as though that makes me play the game in a healthy amount because yeah. I, I found myself when playing this game over the past few days, I would lose horribly. Uh, Captain Falcon would throw me off the track for the third time in a row. And I would say, fuck you, Captain Falcon. And then I would put my controller down and leave it there so that you'd have that rumbling noise as you were dead, smoldering on whatever... I got very familiar with that screen, by the way. (laughs) You lost. And it would sit there and, you know, I'd make coffee or something. It would make me play it in a healthy amount because I'd have to think about it. And um, it's not just driven on nostalgia, I think. The game has good enough controls and is interesting enough and is colorful enough and the mucus is good enough. The uh, mucus? The music. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, I think it stands up really well. I, I, it was enjoyable. Christina? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play it when I was younger and uh, I'm going to be honest, I probably won't go back and play it again. Um, I like having it there, so if I ever have that desire to make myself really angry and appreciate <laughs> what I have, you know... I might do that, but um, I think there are a lot of better racing games on the Super Nintendo. Such as? Uh, well, rock and roll racing. I absolutely. know you're going to say rock and roll yeah, racing. Yeah. <laughs> rock and roll I mean, it's one of the best games that was put out for that system. In my in my opinion, I think it's actually in the stands of test of time to be one of the top ten for the entire system out of okay. a really good library. Probably one of the better Blizzard games, too. But it's <laughs> up there with Diablo, I swear. It's, it's great. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's what so was good. the one yeah. with the trucks? Um, Super Off-Road? Super off-road. Yeah. Also. I really liked. Also good. But, I mean, it's a great game, and I can look back and I can see it, but I don't feel it. So. Is that, is that because you don't like the game design or because it's just your your comparative lack of skill not to be a complete oh, douche? Thanks. But, you know. No, no. I'm in the moment. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I might like it a little bit better later, but right now I'm still too angry at it. So, <laughs> you know, more talking out of, out of hatred than, uh legitimate yeah i don't know that i don't know it's a game that i would have would have gone back to regularly right i ever since i got my wii when i bought my wii it had f-zero on it already and since then i've played it a couple of times right you know just kind of popped it in and be like oh it's f-zero but the podcast is what drove me to go actually play deeper into it um 
I'm kind of glad I did though, because like I like Mike says, I think it holds up really well. I think it's a good game that it's short, you know, it's, with the exception of dying repeatedly. <laughs> like the actual gameplay through all three leagues is probably about a you know hour or so. Yeah, and um, it's worth to me. It's worth going back and just you know screaming through it a little bit um and seeing what the super nest can do a lot of i'm i'm actually kind of looking forward to some of the games like going through some other games in the on the podcast especially like eventually rock and roll racing because i've never played it oh, never oh even man never even knew about Missing it when it was you out, sir so. are in for a i so good i get that Zero was a success the first time. Uh, we, uh, I, I had fun with it. What other kind of games are you guys looking forward to, to possibly playing through and reviewing on the podcast? Um, pretty much any of the Castlevania games, really. I uh, second that motion. Yeah, um, I'd, and I'd really like it if it was our like a, a official uh, episode one because it, it was uh, actually the first uh, NES game I ever played as a kid when I was like six. So, um, uh, yeah. Um, but like some of the more obscure games, like uh, Rock and Roll Racing, you know, maybe even like Lost Vikings or something like that. Lemmings. Oh, such a good one. Too. Oh, Lost Vikings. Yeah. I might have to get my wife in on that podcast because she is a humongous Lost Vikings fan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I hear hear a lot about it. I played it maybe once, and I'd like to go back and see how good it was. Yeah. You know, um, it was. I I didn't play much of it, but what I remember of it, it was just kind of Lemmings, wasn't it? Like. That kind of style. You, you had a bunch of different Vikings that could do a bunch of different stuff, and you were trying to get them all from point A to point B. Yeah. But, yeah, th- those kind of puzzle games are awesome. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, uh, oh, we could do the Sonic the Hedgehog one because uh, I think you mentioned that you didn't actually care for the series, but and then I'd, I, I, I might be the only person here that doesn't like Sonic. Oh, I no, I don't like Sonic either. Oh, really? Well, Sorry. I like Sonic. Oh, so. we got yeah. Then it's about to be perfect, two versus two there. Battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe we could even go back and do the stereotypical Mario episode and sure. just play Mario Brothers and Lost Levels. And uh, Oh, Lost Levels. Yeah, Lost Levels is oh, painful. Wow. <laughs> um, and then sort of compare it to like the newest one that just came out. Uh, mm-hmm. Just New Mario Brothers. You mean new? new? New Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, it's new. new. It's new? It's new. <laughs> it's clearly not old, so no. it's, it's new. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's the newest one, hence the title. <laughs> Why the look on your face, Michael? Oh, I'm just thinking what they'll call the next one. Uh, newest new- Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> New- newer oh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, new Super Mario Brothers 2. That, That's yeah. alliteration. Well, the the one that... The, new- the newest New Super Mario Brothers is New Super Mario Brothers Wii. So it'll have to be New Super Mario Brothers Wii 2 because they've got New Super Mario Brothers on the DS as well. So. Yeah. My brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Michael? What kind of games do you want to see? The Capcom... Uh, lexicon. Uh, like Mega I just, Man? Mega Man, uh, I know that stands up the test of time, but more obscure well, ones... Clearly, when they're releasing Mega Man 9 yeah. you know, with a 8-bit style, it clearly holds up to some degree. It mm. it does hold up. The game that pops out in my mind is UN Squadron. Brutally hard. I loved the characterization in it. I didn't uh, realize that was Capcom. Yeah, it's Capcom. It's not a stereotypical side-scrolling shooter... Um, I like those side-scrolling shooters like Gradius, uh, Super R-Type. Uh, I'd like to uh, try something like uh, Street Fighter. 
mm-hmm. champion edition. I'm actually a little wary of doing the 2D fighters, yeah. um, mostly because there's they've almost got their own entire separate base of fans slash you know competitive culture yeah. surrounding them. So it, it's almost I think it's almost not my opinion almost not worth doing super street fighter 2 or the street fighter 2 championship editions only because there is still a pretty thriving comp competitive culture surrounding the original versions of those games already so yeah those and, I, and the, those you you risk you run the risk of you know a bunch of people who are really hardcore into them yeah going whack job on all of us who clearly aren't going to be that hardcore into them and as it turns out having played it recently i don't like it Really? Like a lot, yeah. I don't like it very much. So, UN Squadron, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. uh, You do like the Brutally Hard games, I like the Brutally Hard games. Uh, They're still Brutally Hard and I get frustrated, but uh, definitely one of the Capcom games. Strider. Uh, I never actually played Strider. I never really liked Strider. I thought it was okay. Oh, man. I don't know if we (laughs) could actually go to the original Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, I'm sure we could. Yeah, that so. one's almost unfair yeah. to the player. Yeah. 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 Almost? Uh, it's unfair to the player, okay. especially yeah, the last level. Ghosts and Goblins? Ghosts and Goblins, yeah. There you go. Yeah. What about you, Christina? What kind of things do you want to play? Well, I'm kind of more of the, uh, the kind of bizarre games that no one else really played. Um, so, you know, of course, as mentioned, I want rock and roll racing. Uh, really big fan of Haunting starring Guy for the Genesis. <laughs> okay. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, and some of the kind of random NES games, like we'd mentioned, uh, Little Samson was pretty awesome. I was surprised by that game. Like we, uh, we were searching through her game collection a couple days ago or about a week ago and, uh, came across Little Samson and just threw it in for the, the hell of it. And it turned out that game is pretty effing cool. Mm -hmm. And I never even knew about it. Like. Mm back when it was out anyway sorry continue no no i mean just you know stuff like that uh and a lot of the games i remember playing were at the super nintendo um i would love to play claymates um claymates claymates what was that i was made by interplay okay so it was part of the uh clay fighter okay uh, style but it's a uh, platformer oh. and you're just this amorphous ball of play that as you go through you'll find like little animals and when you touch the animal you'll transform into the animal and it has special attacks mm. Actually, really good, but again, no one's ever played it. Um, so I have I'm, a feeling we're going to run over a lot of those games once we start getting into your selection of stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I know. Stuff. I know of it, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I'm afraid if you actually start going off of the list of what I have and what I want to play, then you guys will be like, all right, so this is my first time touching this game. Hey. I have absolutely no nostalgia. <laughs> That's fine. It'll be, it'll be a good balance for all the times that you're forced to play the brutally hard games that Micatron wants to put in this podcast. Well, and one of, one of the other games just, uh, just popped in my head. I want to play Karnoff. Oh God! Yes, uh, fire breathing Russian, please. Yes, oh, that was one of the first punching T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first game that I ever. No, I'm sorry. The second game that I ever owned for my NES because the first game, like aside from the pack in, was was Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Not um, a bad place to start. Not yeah. a bad place to start. But uh, Karnov was one of those games that uh, I don't think I ever made it past like the second level of that game. I, I loved it, but I, back then it was so difficult. Like, like reminds me of Battletoads. Oh man! As much as I love Battletoads, the pit every time. That just game. So can, much anger. Yeah. Don't don't. Le- legendarily don't discuss hard that game with me. Uh, third level there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that some of the games that I, most of the games that I want to go over, have already been 
mentioned here, but I think like Akari Warriors is one that I want to that I wouldn't mind going over. Um, Ooh, and then we can branch into uh, the uh, King of Fighters series too, because had Clark and Ralph in there, right? Because there's a connection there. There is. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a whole um, SNK bit. It'd be awesome. God, I don't know. I, it just blew right out of my mind. All the I had uh, ideas for a lot of games, and I just completely forgot what all of them were. But it doesn't really matter because we've got a pretty pretty decent list uh, of all the stuff that we intend to go over. Um, I think maybe we'll, uh, if everybody's in agreement, we'll, we'll episode one will be Castlevania. I, I think that one is uh, that one's got a pretty good history, and I, I I know that a lot huge fan base. Clearly, there's you know 13 Castlevania games or something like that out there now uh, with all the like the Dracula X games, and I think that's actually reaching like close to. Almost twenty, yeah, including the DS stuff, and the, yeah, they have like the DS ones. They had that horrible fighting game on the Wii. Oh, I don't even want to think about that <laughs> one. And they had like a couple of Game Boy ones. I know that was the that was one of the games that I loved on the Game Boy. The Game Boy Brick man was the Castlevania translation on that system was spectacular. Great music, like good. some of the best. Um, like it was surprisingly good animation for uh, a, a game on that system because even back then when I I was I was totally awestruck by the Game Boy when it came out because the only handheld games that we'd ever really encountered in the U.S. were the like the LCD games, you know, the Tiger Electronics type stuff. Um, and that system was... Playing Castlevania on that system was what made me really get into my Game Boy. So that'll wrap up the first... Uh, well, episode zero, not really the first episode <laughs> zero of the After the Fact podcast. Um I've got a bunch of stuff set up for us. The The podcast is going to be hosted on www.geekerific.com. Uh, it's not quite up yet. It's just a placeholder site at the moment, but we're going to put up a WordPress site and get some blogs going on for all the people involved in the podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, I've got a group called After the Fact Podcast that you can sign up for and follow us there. Uh, we're on Twitter at After the Fact Pod. And if you want to email us and ask any questions of Pat, Mike, Christina, or I, you can email us at afterthefactpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to After the Fact. For Christina, Mike, and Pat, I'm Luke, and that's it. Falcon fucked me like over and over again.